Hello and welcome to A Cup of Something Lovely, a fortnightly creative business podcast. I'm Laura Greenland, a tea-drinking, ocean-loving, former digital nomad, and I'm here to help you build a truly successful yet soulful business. I've been building my own brand since the end of 2019. I'll be sharing stories, anecdotes, experiences and tips through a mixture of gorgeous solo episodes and exclusive guest interviews from aligned industry experts. I'm so excited that you're here. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of A Cup of Something Lovely. Over the last three years, I've been told on many occasions that our brand reminds people of a lovely warm cup of tea. And so this has served as the inspiration for the name of our brand new podcast. I'm so excited to be here and to be sharing my knowledge, insight and experiences with you in a completely different format to anything we've done before. I know we'll have people listening who are familiar with me and the brand, but there will be plenty of you who are not. So hi. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Laura Greenland and it's an absolute pleasure to meet you. I run a beautiful business called Ebb, Flow and Grow. We offer one-to-one coaching, run a gorgeous membership space and facilitate amazing in-person business and creativity retreats. We also have a boutique marketing, branding and website agency that works seamlessly alongside our coaching and education offerings, providing a full service and holistic approach for our inspirational clients who are based all over the world. I say we and our because we're now a team of four and growing fast. Now, I'd love to say this business was born in a super slow, soulful and steady way, but actually that's not quite right. Truth be told, it was created in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. I want to tell you a little bit more about my journey into entrepreneurship today. They say the best place to start a story is at the beginning, so here goes. Grab a cup of something lovely and let's dive in. So, roll the clocks back to March 2020. And I thought I had this adulting thing relatively figured out. I was reasonably successful, bringing home a salary that was the most money I'd ever earned, running a marketing team that I really loved. Honestly, my people were everything. They were amazing. I had a nice healthy budget for a brand uh, in the marketing department that I largely enjoyed working for. I got to travel internationally as a big perk of my job and I had been to some amazing countries and destinations like Thailand, the Red Sea, Orlando out in the States, Germany, Abu Dhabi, and what actually turned out to be my last trip for work, Mauritius, which is where this story begins. I found myself in Mauritius during a rather strange time of my life as it happens, and right before possibly the strangest times in all of our lives, though let's be honest, I don't think any of us had any idea what was waiting around the corner. Now, all of that being said just now, deep down, I'd known that something was amiss, a bit off in my career and my life for quite a while. So much so that I'd actually started freelancing about six months prior to this trip to Mauritius towards the end of 2019. I tentatively started building a little brand, dabbling with the idea of creating a website, and I'd actually sought some support from a business coach. 
I knew that I wanted to break out of the corporate world eventually, but I was thinking a roadmap of maybe two years. It was all very hypothetical at this point in time, just a possibility. And really, it was just an exciting creative outlet that got me through the working day, gave me something fun to do in the evenings. Because for all of its good points, my work was also doing a few pretty toxic things to me. It was slowly but surely destroying my self-confidence from the inside out. And that's a story for another day. It was leaving me creatively unfulfilled. And it was part of a much bigger pickle that my husband and I had got ourselves into. A financial, circumstantial pickle neither of us liked, but neither of us could figure out an escape route from either. That pickle involved a shed load of personal debt, cars on finance and a perpetuating loop of financial misery. We're talking credit cards, overdrafts and just being so firmly stuck in the rental trap as two 30-somethings going nowhere fast. So picture it, if you will. We're in my hotel room in Mauritius on a fam trip or a familiarization trip as it's known in the travel industry. Basically fancy lingo for a trip where tour operators and holiday providers get invited to go and check out a destination or a resort or a hotel. And essentially, they would start selling it to their customers if they were sold by the end of the experience. Essentially, I was there to be impressed and it will always be one of my most memorable travel experiences. But there was this underlying tone of uneasiness floating around this trip. Because the pandemic was really starting to gear up, when our flight left the ground from the UK. The journey out to Mauritius was relatively normal, maybe a few more masks and we had temperature checks on arrival into the country, but that was pretty much it. The trip was amazing and it ran without a hitch, but I'd started to notice more and more COVID-related news on the TV. Because after all, what do you do when you're on holiday in your hotel room, especially when you're staying by yourself? You have the news on, of course. Something felt worrying like it was building but still the concept of furloughs and lockdowns and basically the entire global economy grinding to a halt it just didn't even feel like a remote possibility upon my return to the uk to say i came back to reality with a bump was the understatement of the century the global shutdowns had just started and the downside to working for a travel brand that operated in 14 beautiful countries globally Well, it turns out it's not so good when an international pandemic hits. In the days and weeks after my return in the middle of March, all of our destinations began closing their borders. And then the offer of furlough from the UK government came. For those listening outside of the UK, this essentially meant that the government would be stepping in to cover up to 80% of the wages for staff working in companies that could no longer operate due to the pandemic. It meant taking a pay cut of 20%, but we could be sent home to essentially do nothing and we'd still have enough money to pay our bills in theory. It was a way of mothballing hundreds and hundreds of companies versus seeing potentially thousands of people made redundant. And as a short-term measure, furlough was brilliant. I'm very lucky that I qualified it because if I had immediately lost my job, then we would have been up the proverbial creek very quickly indeed. I was sent home and explicitly told not to work, which, as a workaholic, was a bizarre thing to get my head around. And so when all of my colleagues were chilling out, taking downtime, exercising online with Joe Wicks and baking copious amounts of banana bread, which was one of those weird lockdown trends here in the UK at least, 
I saw a window of opportunity and one that might never come along again. I was able to throw myself into building my little budding business with the safety blanket of at least some of my corporate salary. So I got to work, my kitchen table quickly became my office and a laser focused approach with a bucket loads of tea became essential. The jungle drums of redundancy started shortly after because days became weeks, weeks suddenly became a month and then another and as the senior leader of a marketing team and a travel brand, it felt like I had a relatively big target on my back. But something else happened during this time that we didn't quite expect. Because not only did one of us work in travel, but the other, my husband, worked in the leisure industry. So he was also sent home when the gyms were forced to close down. There we were, somewhat panicked, both at home 24 hours a day for the first time, well, ever, and our minds started to wander. We started to question what we've been doing on autopilot all of these years. And in this moment where time felt like it stood completely still, but also like we had no time at all, it was surreal. My husband came downstairs one evening in May with a radical suggestion on what our next move should be. I'm not sure if he just caught me at a good time, but the suggestion he had was pretty drastic. Here was his proposal. We needed to get ourselves further into debt in order to get ourselves out of debt. Note my eyebrows raising very disapprovingly of this genius suggestion, but I let him continue. We could take out a loan to purchase a camper van and give the van life concept a go. Now, this wasn't a totally new idea in our household. Carl had actually suggested van life on several occasions in the past, but working full time, nine to fives in fixed locations, we had a dog. It just, it never seemed like a possibility for us. And well, now all bets were off and anything was starting to feel possible. We'd get the loan and find a van, but in order to travel, work and live in it full time, we knew that we'd need amazing connectivity, power on the road, great facilities on the move. And so the furious research began and there were spreadsheets upon spreadsheets. We spent a lot of time looking at very complicated van conversions on YouTube and making inquiries to try and form some resemblance of a budget. And then it came down to timings as well. We realised we had a very short window of time to make this happen. If we could hit the road in the next few months, it would mean we could leave at the end of our tenancy agreement, avoiding any early termination fees. We'd run the numbers over and over again. We had it nailed down that two years of van life, we were convinced that we could pay back the loan, clear all of our debts, and maybe even get some money into the savings for the first time ever but it was totally mad. It would mean selling everything we couldn't fit in the van, essentially making ourselves voluntarily homeless, living in a completely unfamiliar way. Bearing in mind that neither of us had even been traveling before, let alone lived nomadically. I mean, we loved camping and we were fairly outdoorsy people, but this was a wholly different way of living. And we were in a pandemic, just for good measure. We had these big chats in May, knowing we'd need to be out in less than eight weeks. But things just fell into place for us once we made that decision. We found our perfect camper van, who lovingly was dubbed Jean-Claude Damvan, or JC for short, when he was behaving, at the beginning of June. We bought him from the most adorable elderly couple. He then used the van on the weekends as part of their camping and caravanning excursions. We knew he'd been well looked after when we went round for the viewing, 
the old chap asked us to close the blinds if we were done looking around because he was very concerned that the sun was going to bleach the cushions. The deal was quickly done and we picked up the van a few weeks later once our loan was all confirmed. We dropped him straight over to a van conversion place in our local city. We decided in the end to get our amenities and power upgraded by the professionals, given how reliant we were going to be on that vehicle. And back home, well, it was total chaos, as I'm sure you can imagine. Moving house is one thing, but selling, donating and storing everything you own in this world, absolutely bonkers. Our lovely German Shepherd Bear, who you'll probably hear about on more than a few occasions during this podcast, was rather unsettled, understandably, and he actually went on his own little doggy holiday for a few weeks, just during the last few stages, as we prepared to depart for our massive adventure. We had furniture being collected, numerous visitors coming over to collect things, all while social distancing was very much in force. Now, I'd also since received a letter informing me that my role had officially been made redundant. It was the weirdest, most unsettling, yet empowering time. Sitting in my redundancy consultation, knowing full well that I was about to dive headfirst into my business and embark on the best adventure ever. It was so weird. Probably one of the most nerve-wracking things was telling our friends and family what we were doing. I think it probably came as a little bit of a shock, even at the best of times, but I mean, we really had picked our moment. I also had to layer over the top with other exciting developments, like I no longer have a job, Carl is probably going to quit his job and I'm launching a brand new business will be totally fine. Whilst people were very supportive, I'm sure they probably thought we'd lost the plot entirely. But we were convinced 100%, unwaveringly confident that this was going to work. It was the ticket out of debt that we needed, that radical move that we'd been waiting for. And whilst I know the pandemic years were incredibly difficult for so many people, the blessing in disguise for us was that they forced us to stop and pause, to actually consider our future trajectory and for us to realise that our destiny and path was not as predetermined as we thought it was, that we had the power to change things if only we could find the bravery to do it. And so the most scary but liberating day finally came on the 30th of July 2020 with a fully packed van and a rather confused doggo back on board. We locked the door to what we have declared and still firmly believe will be our last rental property ever. The feeling when we dropped back the keys to the estate agents was so bizarre. Knowing that we actually had no fixed abode, no bills or rent to pay, nowhere we had to be at a specific day or time, it was freeing and exhilarating. Our first night we headed to one of our favourite beach spots by the coast and made our first proper dinner in the camper van. Whilst we had done a few overnight trips here and there just to check it out, this was really the first time and especially because we had Bear with us too. I remember looking at the sun going down over the ocean with a tear in my eye, being so bloody proud of the brave leap of faith that we had just taken. For us, the universe had really tipped on its axis, and for the foreseeable future, there was no turning back. We bid farewell to conventional living without a single regret. Did we feel anxious about this seismic shift? Absolutely. But did we want to go back? Absolutely not. This was the start of a brand new chapter for us, and we were ready for it in so many ways. I'll talk a little bit more about our van life journey as this podcast develops, as I know lots of people are fascinated by the travels we had. And if anyone is keen to explore what being a digital nomad could be like in the context of your own business, I'll make sure to cover that too at some point. Plus, my DMs are always open on Instagram. If you have any questions on that, I'm always happy to help out a fellow potential van lifer. 
So that was two and a half years ago now. And what now? You might be thinking, did it all work out? Did you end up sticking with van life without attempting to strangle each other? Were you able to build a business during a global pandemic? Well, the answers are yes, yes, and a big resounding yes. The camper van plan actually couldn't have worked much better if we tried. An opportunity to leave our van life journey came along a little sooner than planned as it happens. We spent one and a half years on the road in the end before securing a long-term work exchange, which I'll tell you about more sometime. It involves an Airbnb and it's wonderful. So although our timeline was cut a little short, as we had anticipated doing at least two years on the road, the finances still worked out. We saved an absolute fortune living in the van. For context, we used to pay about £20 a month for our broadband and £15 every six weeks to top up the gas. And apart from van insurance and fuel, that was pretty much it. So every single penny we earned was ploughed into paying back the van and clearing our debts. We were also fortunate to have purchased a vehicle that became incredibly sought after during and after the pandemic. The surge in staycations here in the UK and in many other countries around the world was fueled by the lack of air travel available and the challenges and expense that international travel now brought with it. It was either complex and risky or simply not possible. So it meant that holidays did happen, but they had to happen at home, so camper vans became super popular. We lived in our van for one and a half years, day in, day out, with a dog, and of course we looked after it, but inevitably we increased the mileage and there was some minor wear and tear, as it happens when you have a heavily used vehicle. And yet, despite all of this, we actually sold the van for a profit, even taking into account the conversion on electrics and power and our bathroom that we'd had refitted as well. So by the time we left the van at the end of 2021, some amazing things had happened. The personal debt we had had for so many years was completely gone. The van loan was paid off, but most excitingly, we had money in savings for the first time in the whole of our adult lives, believe it or not. And that's a pretty special feeling, especially when you know that every single penny has come from something you've created. This beautiful business really went from strength to strength as time progressed. And whilst it maybe didn't have the smoothest of starts, I can say hand on heart that I've never been more happy, more content or more aligned than I am right now. Because for all of the financial benefits I've just mentioned, and don't get me wrong, they were a big part of why we started this incredible journey. There were so many other happy side effects. This business has brought some truly wonderful people into my life. Some new and some old friends who I'm so grateful for. Of course, I found a lot of joy in finding financial independence, but something that has been even more rewarding is having the ability to pay other people. In my team now, I have Becky, who was working in a senior retail position prior to having her first baby last year. And so, instead of having to return to work, sacrificing time with her family, or having to commit to expensive childcare costs, Becky is now able to work from me part-time and from home. And to say that we have a flexible and adaptable schedule here at Ebflow and Grow would be an understatement. And that's just not me tooting my own horn. This is something I've been told many times. Becky gets to work around her family and not the other way around. Being able to support her as she navigates the early years of motherhood whilst enjoying financial freedom and flexibility that I think you'd struggle to match elsewhere makes me incredibly proud. I've actually line managed Becky twice before in previous marketing positions and I'm so grateful to have her here in this business as the ultimate wing woman. And then there's Danny, a dear friend of mine who I actually met many moons ago whilst running my first business. 
Don't worry, I'm going to tell you all about that in another episode. Danny has enjoyed so many years of experience in the wedding and events realm, running her own wedding boutique and styling shoots here and overseas. She is a total powerhouse who has been through her own fair share of personal adversities and still comes out smiling every single time. Danny relocated to Bulgaria towards the end of 2022 with her family and is in the midst of undertaking a huge renovation project there. For me, I find it so rewarding to be able to pay Danny every month because I know I'm helping her to build that future for her family. She brings so much to Ebflow and Grow and to our clients. I'm just so, so fortunate to have her as part of this team. We're also expanding this year with another new addition who has only just joined us this month, so I'll let her get settled in before announcing her to the world on this podcast. But again, she is an incredible, kind soul that I can't wait to work alongside. And then there are my clients. Without them, we simply wouldn't be here. Some clients work with us for a one-off session or project. They come, they go, and it's a beautiful experience. Some have been with us for much longer, months, even years. And every time I get to work with another brilliant, soulful and creative entrepreneur, my heart literally lights up. It's funny because looking back into my corporate career, I used to think I had job satisfaction. Like I complete a project or launch a new product into the market. Maybe they were an exciting big household brand in my agency life. I'd get to do creative things and I got paid every month. And heck, sometimes I even got a bonus for, well, just doing my job essentially. Um, And I was good at my corporate career. I played the game and I worked my way up before I was made redundant. I thought I was thriving. When in reality, I was really just going through the motions. Actually, deep down, I wasn't living out my true purpose. I wasn't finding deep emotional connection with people. The work I was doing was ultimately funding fancy lifestyles for other CEOs and directors of businesses. Sure, I got to market and sell some cool things and have some fun experiences with customers, but I wasn't really making a difference in society, to the environment or in the lives of the people that actually bought from us. Things are very different now in terms of what I perceive to be true job satisfaction. Now it's a stressed and exhausted business owner saying thank you because we've made marketing and their business manageable again. It's an entrepreneur coming to one of our retreats and experiencing the breakthrough that it's time for them to plan a roadmap out of their full-time job to take that leap once and for all into their business. It's big things like one of our clients experiencing results in their business that they simply didn't think were possible. And the little things like someone just saying thanks for listening, I really needed that call today. Because I'm not just here for me, far from it in fact. This business was born out of panic, desperation, a feeling of, oh my goodness, we aren't going to be able to pay our rent. It was a gut reaction, my safety blanket is gone and I need to make something work business. But in just three short years, it's so different now. Now it's wonderful and it supports me, my husband and Bear and that's magic. So much so when my husband is actually in a place where he's got the space and time to think about his own career and is actually launching his own podcast editing business. Big thanks to him for making this beautiful creation happen so seamlessly. But it supports other people beyond us. It empowers, it inspires, it enables and it gives people the confidence to live a life a little more extraordinary. If you've been connected with me over on Instagram for any length of time or you've popped over to our website, You might have seen this already. I love nothing more than helping people move from conventional and corporate to creative and connected. 
Why? Because every time I do, when it's the right person who's made of some pretty tough stuff and they've got that entrepreneurial spirit, it's absolutely incredible to witness. When we can arm them with the right strategy, tools and mindset, we get to watch people transform their lives. Now, it usually doesn't happen overnight. Here's something you'll come to learn as you get to know me. I'm all about slow, soulful and sustainable business growth. We don't do cookie cutter quick fixes here at Ebflow and Grow. Nope, we're in it for the long game. But is it possible to see changes in a matter of months, over a year or two? Absolutely yes. We are living, breathing proof of that. In a future episode, I'll be digging into that side of things to show you how this business has grown and developed and how we've been able to hit our revenue goals this year, but in an authentically wonderful way. No shortcuts, no sleazy tactics. So what can you expect from this podcast? If you've made it this far, I'm guessing you might be pretty keen to hear more about our adventures. So there'll definitely be a healthy dose of our van life and nomadic journey to enjoy. And yes, my German Shepherd Bear will be making some appearances. He's more popular than I am, so it wouldn't be an ebb, flow and grow marketing channel without him. But we want to share more than just us, of course. We'll be talking about soulfully scaling a business with aligned and holistic marketing methods. We'll chat about sales, revenue goals and lead generation, because after all, that's what a lot of us need in our business right now. We'll be digging into time and resource management too, and how you can structure things in your business to set yourself up for long-term success. And of course, mindset, because it really does matter. I'm a huge advocate for finding alignment in business, for creating something you're so deeply connected and in tune with that finding the flow state is easy because it comes naturally. When I sat down to create what was dubbed initially as Project Podcast, I came up with over 40 episode ideas in about 10 minutes, So I have a lot planned and I can't wait to roll this out over the rest of this year. From time to time, I'm also going to be bringing in some very special handpicked guests to interview and to share their incredible stories with you too. Plus, I wanted to do something that I just know you, the audience, will find so helpful. So at the end of each episode, I'm going to be leaving room for a little Q&A. The Creative Business Clinic will span for just a few minutes at the end of every episode, I'll be putting a little Q&A opportunity out onto my marketing channels regularly. This gives you, the listener, the opportunity to ask me questions about your specific business and to get answers from me live. This will commence from February onwards, so you'll be able to catch the clinic from episode four. I'm always open to suggestions too, so if there's anything you'd love to hear covered on this podcast, I'm only ever a DM or an email away. A Cup of Something Lovely will be coming to you every other Monday as a fortnightly release. And that's it. You've made it. It's the end of the first episode. And well, I still have to pinch myself that it's a real life thing. So happy to be here with you all, literally in your back pocket as you navigate this wild ride of entrepreneurship. And I'll catch you next time. If you've enjoyed this episode of Cup of Something Lovely, then I would love for you to subscribe. You'll always get notified whenever we've got a new episode available. You can also come and find me over on Instagram at ebb, flow and grow. Over on the website, www.ebflowandgrow.com, you'll also find heaps of resources, some free, some low cost, and all of the details on how to work with us, upcoming dates for our future retreats, and so much more. 
You can also hop on our email list and you'll receive all of our latest resources and we send out a few emails each month with little updates on everything that's going on at Ebflow and Grow HQ.